Welcome to Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTIQ plus news and public affairs show, featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. Live from the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out. Good evening, loves. Welcome back to another episode of Blooming Out, one of the longest-running radio programs dedicated to bringing you information and commentary on news, personalities, and life from an LGBTIQ perspective. I'm Melanie Davis. And I'm Lucas Fisher. Yay! Yay! We're back! Yeah! It's just you and me. Then there were two. Yeah. Then there were two. Justin and uh, Ireland are working. Whatever. Work. What is work? And That's okay. It's been a week. It has been a week. Here in Bloomington. The absolute craziest week here in Bloomington. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of not in my body. That's how weird it is. Yeah. Well you <clears> were <throat> you were in the middle of all this. You were Well, yeah, I went down to the protests um on Monday and Tuesday and uh I, the I'm sorry. It's just I just remembered this, and it made me choke a little. But Tuesday, well, they just found out today that <clears throat> Tuesday there were people with guns on the parking garage during the protest. That none, nobody knew anything about it uh, during the protest, but there were people stationed on top of the parking garage. I think it's the one on like seventh uh, and or seventh college yeah. or something and that just blew my mind hearing that just this morning that there were people that we didn't know about who had guns on top of a building of a during a peaceful protest just blows my mind well um, so these are probably the same this is probably the same thing that the police were doing uh during the um the farmer's market they had after the thing blew up about the nazis they had three snipers stationed on top of the parking garage across the street from the uh, market. And so I was wondering if they would have snipers out because the police were keeping a, a wide perimeter, right? They were a few blocks away from the actual uh, demonstration and they weren't actively participating as, you know, security or whatever in like they did the first time around. Well, first I, few times. Yeah. And, um, and there are many reasons for that. Uh, online is blown up about you know, why weren't the police there? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, during protests of police brutality, probably don't want the police right in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, Which was, it was a good choice. Uh, but I wasn't aware of how wide the perimeter was. I'm sure, I was sure that there was one, but I saw maybe one cop car both days. Yeah. Only one cop car uh, the entire time. And well, surely... Have- Surely there's people undercover. I just yeah, they had so many people in the crowd. Yeah, it's funny. Um, Jada said during her speech that we know who you are. We can tell by the shoes that you're wearing. Yeah, you know, <laughs> who's who's the feds and they always the wear the tactical shoes. The you know their their footwear is always the same because yeah, why buy not... why buy different shoes? Yeah, exactly. They don't they don't have the shoe sense that. You know, that we There's, have. There are flip flop <laughs> days. There are. <laughs> you know. 
there's high heel days there whatever i mean you know you have your you have your shoes for all occasions um uh, but apparently police officers only have one type of shoe that they wear uh and tactical ones so uh so we know mix it up come on snow come on get some flip-flops let's go but get um, get a street shoe or those adidas sandal things the the slipper things. yeah um so yeah that was uh it's been really weird to be in the middle of all this and then you know it's blowing up in the national news and wow uh what the crap this is this has been quite a week. So I, you know, I, I didn't get to go to the, the rallies. Um, I, I've been sick, uh, this week, so I stayed home and. Do you have the coronavirus? No, I, I actually, I got tested last week and I don't. So, Oh, that's good. Um, this is a different kind of ick. I don't know, but, mm-hmm. um, it's that summer sadness. No, <laughs> the summer it, sickness. I I so lost uh, twelve pounds though. Oh my god! Really? Yeah. Yep. So it was it was debilitating. Anyway, I was following everything online as much as I could, and um, you know, trying to do live streaming. And everybody, I'd hop to a different live stream, and then it would cut off. Oh, my phone's overheating, or battery's mm-hmm. dead, or whatever. Yeah. So that was a little frustrating. Um. Yeah, but I got to hear some of the speeches. I got to hear, um, I I'd been following Vox's uh, interviews and everywhere, um, and the comments section is where you're always Ooh. told not to go, right? But really, it's kind of important if you want to follow these things. You you really need to hear because we have a kind of echo chamber you know, a little liberal echo chamber here. Mm -hmm. We believe that we are, you know, in this liberal bubble and um, that we're kind of safe. And obviously what happened to Vox proves that that's absolutely untrue. But then you start to hear from people who are in the area and there are people from outside the area too, but people in Bloomington or the surrounding area and their opinions on all of this. And quite frankly, um, there are a lot of really disgusting uh, views out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you're so right, Melanie. And um, we also live in social media bubbles where we don't see this stuff unless, uh, you know, these live streams are where, you know, different types of people converge. So it is really uh troubling to see that the types of comments especially one of the comments i've seen a lot with the the accident that happened is just people thinking that protesters should get run over because they're in the street that just seeing all of that is just really infuriating because we all know why it's infuriating it's just but um social media like we're seeing all these different communities converge and I would actually recommend people, uh, you know, yeah, join groups that you may not agree with them just to see what what uh, people are thinking. Because 
I think, you know, people do have really, people have opinions, you know, everybody's got one. They're kind of like, you know, but a-holes. Uh, yeah. a-holes. I could, I wasn't sure how to say that on the air. Everybody's got one. Everybody's they got usually one. usually stink. Yeah. And they usually stink. So I don't know. Uh, I still think, you know, people just need to see the, the light of God. <laughs> no, people need to hear. And, and this is what I, it, I was at home. I'm in uh, bed, right? I wasn't even out of bed. I was even doing work from home from bed. And I'm going through all this stuff. And thank God I'm, you know, not in the front room or anything. Because I'm screaming at these, um, uh, you know, I don't even have a really good word other than a psych, uh, other than psychopath. Um, mm -hmm. When you're advocating for the murder of people, and that wasn't even an accident, as far as I know. I mean that I've seen the videos. The woman ran through. Okay, wait a second. Have you seen the video that was? not on social media but was on uh i think there was a, a network uh i saw a third video uh -huh. where the person literally jumped on the hood of the car to try to stop them to try to stop the car and it completely blew my mind to see that video because before i saw that video i was like this woman uh, this person was was pummeled by this vehicle in an act of rage and then after I saw this third video, I, I saw, um, you know, someone jumping on a car and then this other person reacting very poorly to, uh, I don't want to call it an instigate, an instigating violent act, but you jumped on the car. Like, why did, why did they jump on the car is what bothers me. So that was a clip. I saw that too. It was a really short little like clip. The point was they were trying to block traffic off so because people were leaving and they were doing a, a poor version of traffic control yeah and mm -hmm. the the people in the car didn't like that for whatever yeah. i have heard um uh people who were there say that the car had circled around a few times okay and um and they met the gaze of the people who were in the car and then they came back around. So um, that that's sharking, right? You that know? is sharking, totally. And yeah. That's suspicious. Mm -hmm. But then they came up and, and the person who recorded one of the videos uh, got off their scooter in the intersection and left the scooter there. In blocking front of the car. Yeah. Right. Stopping them from progressing because, because people were trying people to get away. Right, just streaming across. They were they were dispersing. Mm -hmm. And that car was bound and determined to go through. So the guy comes out, uh, slings the thing out of the way, and then goes back into the car. The um, the woman who was on the hood who got thrown off. She was walking around to the front of the car and she put her hands on the hood in a signal of, you know, stop. Yeah, yeah. Don't go, right? Mm -hmm, totally. At that point, the woman starts to rev the engine and go forward. You have, when you're standing right there with your hands on the front of the car, you got one or two options. 
go under or go over? And she hopped up onto the car as it was coming forward. Wow. So that... You're so right. So, but the, the guy who was on the hood, he, there was an interview with him, WRTV or something like that. Uh, talked to him uh-huh. right after the incident. Yeah. And, um, and he's, he said he pulled himself up onto that to try to block her view to slow her down. Yeah, the dude and who is on the, the the side of the car. On the driver's side. Right. And, you know, he was trying to slow her down to stop so uh, the woman could get off and so that she wouldn't plow into traffic or to into the foot traffic. But she did anyway, you know, mm-hmm. and then she ran. Um, and that is you know, all those things together point to... Uh, this was an intentional act. And- yeah, you know what? Looking at the video, I, I had someone talk to me and, and uh, just, you know, she still did get uh, pummeled in a way because when you have a car, I, I just watched the video just now and she's backing up with the car. You know, I can understand why you would get out in front of a car to like stop it, especially when you're trying to yeah, you were right. Like a, a form of traffic control that just didn't work out. That just uh, was not, didn't didn't work. Right. And then, then they were pushed back, so they had to keep backing up. And you're right. They had literally one option to either jump on the car. I guess you could have tried to jump out of the way of the car, but then you probably still would have got hurt. Run over by the tire or something. Because she was in front well, of the car. She wasn't like off to the side. She wasn't. Um, exactly. You know. And well, I think that, you know, hopefully. And what are you going to do when you're you're trying to do the control, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, because I'm. We were taught how to do traffic control in grade school. Uh, we had civil defense, which isn't a thing anymore, apparently. What is uh, that? I don't even know what that is. Yeah, thanks. I've never heard of this. <laughs> civil defense was a, a civilian. Um unit they were people who were specially trained to take care of basic police officer things like directing traffic Mm. and and getting people moving from one place to another and basically keeping people safe i actually used to have a a geiger counter that was civil defense and i still have a decimeter which tells you how much radiation you're exposed to this is a very cold war sort of thing okay Um, yeah Mm -hmm. back in back in the days when we were fighting the soviets um so we were taught as kids, you know, this is what you do when you have a situation where uh, you have an emergency or, you know, there's a parade or whatever, whatever situation people are in the road or there's an accident and you need to make sure the traffic is flowing safely or not flowing at all. You stop it or you redirect it. Um, Sticking your hands on the front of a car Probably not the best way. Mm-hmm. However, uh, when that car is bound and determined to go, that's a danger and that's a threat. And exactly. how many times have we seen, we even had laws that they tried to pass uh, saying that it was okay, it would be legal to run over protesters in the road. Run over protesters being a legal form of uh, um, lethal force use. That's As self-defense, right? Well, not even as self-defense, just they're in the middle of the road. You know, it, it's upon them. 
they're they're taking their lives into their own hands you're just driving i don't even have the words for how uh enraged i oh no i have the words i just can't say them um yep there'd be a five minute long beep because we can do that i i really don't (laughs) want to the other people in the office building here would probably be upset but (laughs) wow it, it it and i've heard the argument over and over again on social media and uh in in the um, comment section of some of these uh, videos that were put up by um, news outlets about how, well, they were on the road. Did nobody go through driver's ed? Pedestrians no. right of way. Exactly. Gosh. And they're, and they're like, well, they're in the right of way. No, that's, and I'm using a Southern voice and I'm sorry, that's, that's improper of me. But in this case, that's actually accurate um, for what I've heard. But these they're arguing for the death of protesters and if you don't think that's going through protesters minds as well you're absolutely wrong they know that these people out here are gunning for them and in literally it's happening all over the country there was uh uh what was their name summer uh who was plowed into by a guy in a um, jag and they were out with a bunch of protesters and they not a whole bunch but some and they were in the street they were dancing across it actually and there's a video and it's it's horrific the guy comes in doesn't even really slow down bounces them up and over his car two people yeah summer died i saw that video their friend that that was extremely disturbing and these folks were talking about well what about the people who were drug out of the cars what about the people who were killed what about the people who were beat up you know we gotta defend ourselves you're in a two-ton killing machine that you know? can lock the doors you and can lock your doors don't drive into protesters and you know sometimes if you find yourself accidentally there, that's wrong of the protesters to rip you out of your car and and hurt you in any way. It mm-hmm. is wrong, absolutely. They should not do that unless they're provoked. However, there is a, a fear that they have that you are one of the many cases of somebody plowing into you, you know? And well, they don't know that. They don't know who you are. You need to assume that if there are people in the road, you need to not to, drive through them. Yeah. And and we need to just... And that's what makes this incident so tragic is that there were still protesters in the street, but we were dispersing. So yeah. that's just what's so sad about it is that um, the problem was people... We had someone in a vehicle who had a problem with protesters being in the street to begin with. Yeah. And okay. She was lucky enough to be in a place where people were actively dispersing. So she was not going to have to have a problem, but if she was sharking around, then she, 
that just shows that she could have taken another route and that's just that's is aggravation anyway um let's move on because i do have news about that and yes please share the the woman was arrested after the hit and run um today it was just yeah just a hour ago or so yep uh i don't really know if i want to mention their name but i guess i i will let's do it um so this was 66-year-old Christy Bennett of Scottsburg, and they actually found her in Scottsburg. Um, the police tracked Bennett to a motel in Scottsburg. They located the vehicle in the parking lot, um, then saw Bennett and a man who was a passenger in the vehicle exit the motel room. So I don't know what happened to the dude who was in the car. Uh, it doesn't really say on this article. But so she has residency, I think, in scottsburg or i want it was some other greenfield i think but that's like you know an hour hour and a half from bloomington you know in the heart of kkk country i only say that because i'm from madison and the kkk actively holds rallies there um you, you can look that up online there were people protesting it last year yeah uh, oh, no, and the year before, the year before uh, was the first time in in several years that the KKK had had a you know a rally. And I want to make clear we we're talking a lot about race issues here on this uh, show, and it's an LGBT show. And I know that there's been some you know question as to why we're covering this. Part of it is in intersectionality. We all have to stand up for each other. Uh, part of it is <clears throat> the people who are um, opposing our rights are also opposing the rights of others. And um, <laughs> you bring up the KKK, you bring up uh, you know these areas where white nationalists are uh, common. And LGBTIQ folk are um, attacked by the same people. We're we're called degenerates by them. Um, we are seen as trash, and they actively want to get rid of us. Um, our struggle is the same. And as Americans, we all need to stand up for each other. Mm-hmm. That's why we're talking about this a lot. Well, and now it's you know our our. Um, black brothers and sisters and siblings who are suffering and we've already had 19 murders for mm-hmm. uh trans women exactly predominantly african-american yep you know the already 19 this year that's i think it's unprecedented i think mm-hmm. that's the highest we've had so far um in a year up to this in point. in six months yeah in less than six months i feel like most of those murders were in the last three months it's because of the lockdown and stuff we are stuck together and uh these things are happening more and more so we're in the thick of it we're in the thick of it <laughs> we can't really ignore this stuff we all have to be together in this fight against i it's getting violent or more violent. Um, and we have to stand up against it. 
and we have to stand together. Yeah, we really need we we need to stand against it and we need our our cities and our city governments to stand against it <laughs> more than they ever have tried. Sorry, I, I laughed there. That was Me me too. Um I am, you know, subtweeting Madison because the KKK should not be allowed to have a presence there and they shouldn't have be allowed to ha- there should be no presence of uh accusations of white supremacist hate groups being allowed at the farmers market and <laughs> well and i don't know we'll get to some clips from the protest on tuesday later where people talk about that and um mm-hmm. all i have to say about the farmers market is that I feel like they screwed themselves over. So there well, you there's, go. <laughs> there's a new alternative opening up. I'm not sure um, how. I'm not sure how it's set up. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't looked into that with everything else that's been going on. I'm just really glad that um, things have turned out the way that they have. Because I remember back when the farmers market issue was was happening. You know, it seemed like it was totally just going to get swept under the rug. And it did get swept under the rug. And I feel like when things get swept under the rug like that, people believe that it's okay uh, for that thing to ha- for, for those things to happen. And it's just not. We can't. Well, it, shows, it shows them that, that their position is supported. It's when the president comes out and. Um, and not just the president, but other lawmakers. It's not all on the president. These things. No, it's not. Been, they go on from city government on down, um, or on up, I should say. Uh, and it's a it's condoning violence and it's condoning um, discrimination. Uh, you know, we, <laughs> there there's still fights about adoption right um uh, there's a judge that you know just had to rule that uh religious exemptions for for adoption agencies uh don't matter in the case of lgbt mm. people um we're still having these discussions years and years later it, it it's beyond discussion we need to just demand our rights and yeah not take yeah. anything less there's no incrementalism do it now because we've been talking about waiting. Barney Frank was throwing trans folk under the bus in the late nineties, trying to get rights for LGBT people, right. Or LGB people. And, um, it ended up not working because we're asking people if they'll please do something that's completely antithetical to their belief system. But this is a country founded on the principles of, not the actual not the actual not an actual uh, justice not actual, not actual justice uh not equality. actual equality. yeah <laughs> it's the the lip service too and it quite frankly it's time to pay up yeah we we can't accept a system anymore that treats people differently for who they are you know mm-hmm. um, and uh i think we're all tired of waiting around for laws to provide lip service at this point because 
Yeah. Because law, laws, the laws that we have essentially enabled and allowed uh, white supremacists to be at farmers markets. So I don't know. We need. I just wish our community would have taken a stronger position because then that would have been my last bit of hope for Bloomington. Nashville and you know, did it. Nashville did it. Yeah. Come on. And they started the farmers market over in Nashville. They were part of the founding of it. And Nashville still kicked them out. Um, Good for them. But you know what we've had? We just had the the 20 year anniversary of the um, poor gentleman who was killed by a white supremacist passing through Bloomington. Mm-hmm. And um, and there was some mention of it, but we're still struggling with this stuff. 20 years later, that's a whole generation. I know. You know. That's my entire life, practically. <laughs> Um, sorry. <laughs> and we, we just accept this. We just accept this as the way it is. And that's disgusting. So it, it shouldn't be two or 300 people or even a thousand or like the March 7,000 from Dunn. Um, this should be every person in Bloomington coming out to say, this is enough. This isn't who we should be. You know, the outliers who are talking about the legality of running people over uh, aside, Mm. the quote-unquote good people of Bloomington need to be in the streets. Mm -hmm. They need to be demanding. They need to be outside the mayor's office. I agree. You know? Um, And, you know... uh, And packing the city... The the the, um, the city council meetings and the county council meetings and standing on the doorstep of uh, Trey. Yeah. You know, we need... it goes all the way up. It goes all the We need a revolution. Well, we need... First steps is to just make things really hard and really annoying for people who are running this country and running our local running Bloomington, the people who are running Bloomington. I think here's my perspective of what, how I think Bloomington's going to handle wants to handle this. <laughs> they want us to have a couple protests and get bored of it, but really, and let me tell you this riots only start when the police and authorities and local governments refuse to listen and enact change. Riots only happen because they are, they have no other choice but to cause the violence to after the riots. And I know everybody is angry about rioters, but you all need to realize this riots are the escalation when authorities and government does not respond to your demands it's it's it really isn't something that anyone should want to have to do and and i don't condone rioting um but this is what's going to happen and i think city officials in this town need to need to look at that realistically and if they want to protect the city from that they need to listen to the demands of the people they need to want to protect the people. They have to do their job. And and that's it. If you're protecting the that's people, it. that's 
Why are they going to riot? They're not going to riot. No one's yeah. going to riot. Or they're not going to demonstrate because they're, yeah, what's exactly. there to demonstrate against? Exactly. Right? What are they there in the streets for if there's if there's equal treatment, if there's fairness, if there's justice? You know? Yep. And and, uh, and and it people don't seem to see, to to understand that part. It's like they're there because something's wrong, right? We're crying out because there's something wrong. Yeah, it's and, not for fun. <laughs> what kind of parents are you? You know, if yeah. your kid is crying, if your kid is hurt and bleeding, if your kid's standing before you. And obviously there's something wrong and they're trying to communicate this to you and you just ignore them or your neighbor or anybody else. You know, it shouldn't have to be your child. It should just be your fellow citizen or just anybody. If they are crying out in pain for things to change and for for their their ability to live their lives what are you doing by ignoring them or chastising them you're Do your job adding their, you're adding to their misery yeah i don't uh parenting is a, a whole nother issue because there are a lot of people that don't know how to do that either so well cringe moment of cringe yeah just being human that's that's all you don't have to be exceptional unless you're a cop unless you're in the city government then you have that's your that's the point well, that's of being... our fault that that's our fault too yeah that's fair we select the officials the officials hire the um, i mean look servants not that we have much of a choice in that I guess I guess that is the one of the few things that we do have a choice. The right. presidential election is the one thing that we got, uh, we, we, we sort of got taken from us because we the representative democracy, the nature of representative democracy, sort of discredits your vote because you're no longer voting for the things that you want to see happen in the world. You're voting for the person to uh, make things happen. So when you're only given a certain number of choices, it's just local government is really where it starts because that those are the only people that we can even vote in. Well, there's those are the people that we can know, you know. Yeah, that's true. Um, which is why it was such a a difficult thing, uh, for people to understand why Trey Hollingsworth, I'll mention his name again, uh, Trey, was because he's not even of this state let alone where where you at trey (laughs) Trey, you got anything to say (laughs) i haven't heard anything from him no um, which is the usual but yes the the government of the people that's really important you know that's what stonewall democrats are about Mm -hmm. we're about putting lgbt folk and our allies if nobody from the community is running into office supporting them mm-hmm. and now's the time to really pay attention to what they have to say because if you don't know who these people are in the government it's time to listen to someone who is doing the work 
for you. Well. And do your own research. Do your own freaking research. (laughs) It's hard to do research, though, on local politicians. Go to their house. Go to their house. You know, don't don't go to their house. But you can set up meetings. You can actually call up their campaign managers and, you know, set up a, a set up a virtual town hallish sort of thing or just yeah I, I talk to people all the time back when you could go out um you could you can meet with these folks and they should be willing to meet with you if not if they're not willing to meet with the people uh-oh uh, well you know <laughs> what time to find somebody else time to find somebody else but go to the meetings now we've had these zoom meetings mm-hmm and here, the the council, uh, the county council meetings, the last couple, they shut people down. They shut their yep. audio off. Yep. They silenced them, and that is something that should be amplified too. Yeah, that should never be okay. And we had a couple of the council members uh, talking, and I, I didn't pull this up. I had that saved somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, they were complaining about how long it was taking wow about yeah about having to listen to the people that's really that's really sad those people need to be out i hope you i hope you can find that for me because i would really love to just blast that because that is so just unfair like that's your job is to listen to the people it's your damn job and that's the other thing that's why we have to be as annoying and obstructive as we possibly can um this is word of mouth but i heard that um Tuesday morning, and this is my idea, I think we should be having protests at like 8 or 9 a.m., which isn't possible for most folks out there, but there was someone, allegedly, by word of mouth, uh, on Tuesday morning outside of the sheriff's department with a sign. Yep. And the... No, it wasn't word of mouth. There was something that happened. That's cool. Um, And, you know, people were, people who worked there were being mean to him or something whoever it was and that that's obstruction that's good imagine if there was like a hundred people there <laughs> like right. these people should feel uncomfortable about going to their jobs because that's how that's how much we feel needs to be changed um so i i hope we can enact that and i i don't know i'm i'm sort of uh i'm just very emotional about all of this and we should be we should be screaming in the streets you know Stonewall needs to continue. The spirit of that uh, needs to continue because change didn't happen. We aren't. Uh, we aren't where we need to be. We don't have equality. Yeah. And and, and until that happens, none of this. Uh, you know. I, <clears throat> We're taking this really seriously. You know, I, I, I remember the show used to be very uh, uh, entertainment-oriented. And for mm-hmm. our listeners out there, I apologize. But you know what? Maybe we focused on entertainment uh, instead of equality a little too much, you know? Um, we need to rise up. And we need to not accept that we're not being treated fairly or any other group is not being treated fairly. Mm -hmm. We can't wait for Supreme courts 
decisions and for, you know, just hope that somebody listens to us or just sit back and say, well, it's not that bad. I can live with this because maybe you can live with it. But what about the next generation? Mm-hmm. What about somebody else who doesn't have your privileges? Okay, we wanted to take the last 15 minutes of this episode to play some speeches from the rally on Tuesday. So here is some audio I recorded. All right, so um, enjoy listening to those yeah. voices. Keep being... Can't say yeah. enjoy, but but yes, enjoy. Because you know what? They, I was very I, inspired. It is inspiring. It's calling people to pay attention and to act um and whatever you consider acting right don't criticize somebody else until you've actually done acting don't (laughs) until you've actually done the action don't say oh you're doing it wrong unless you're doing it right yeah and if you're not then shut up and get out of the way because there are other people who need to do the work Mm mm-hmm Sorry. Hello. I'd also like to thank everyone for joining or coming out today. Um, I was nervous about coming out today because it's dangerous, right? It's dangerous to be out here, in part because there's a, a disease that is threatening many of our lives right now. We all seem to be respecting that. But we're taking our lives into our own hands coming out today. But beyond that, we're taking our lives into our hands because we are facing the threat of retaliation by people who don't like what we're saying up here. Yesterday, someone was seriously injured just standing out on the street. So we're all taking our lives into our own hands by being here. And I think that's a big thing. I think that's an important thing, to look around at everyone else out here and see that they've all decided that rather than staying safely in their homes, they were willing, on some level, to risk their lives because this is important to them. Every single person out here has made that decision. That's big. But I don't want you to think that that's enough. I don't want you to think that this proves we've all come together here. And that's all it takes. We just all have to come together. And we all just hug each other. Yeah, my pleasure. Right? No matter what color, no matter what gender, no matter what religion or faith, if we just could all hug each other, it would all be okay, right? That's the story of diversity and inclusion that lots of cities like Bloomington that call themselves progressive want to sell you on, right? They want to say if we just all came together and all saw that we're just all human. That's all it takes. But that's not all it takes. It's a first step, but that's not all it takes. When we think that way, we're thinking in line with with what, what other members of BLM have referred to as the Bloomington exceptionalism narrative. We think Bloomington is this liberal oasis, this liberal oasis in the middle of a conservative ocean. The blueberry, right, we've heard that. The blueberry and the tomato soup, which is a, 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 a repellent image, to say the least. A blueberry and the tomato soup. And I think that's appropriate, because it's a repellent thing to think, right? Because it's not accurate. 
even with all our blueberryness in this tomato soup, right, we're still willing to put up with, we're willing to tolerate a huge amount of anti-black violence. We're willing to tolerate this all over the place. Our, our liberalism, our notion of Bloomington exceptionalism says, it's okay if there's a few white supremacists recruiting out of a city-run farmer's market. That's fine, we can deal with that, because we're Bloomington. That's not us, that's just that, that, some exceptions. Just a few people think that way. And what happens? We let them in, and they get a little stronger. And then what happens? We say, well, there were some football players who got harassed out on the lake. Well, it must have been their fault. They must have done something wrong, right? Because Bloomington isn't like that. Monroe County isn't like that, right? We wouldn't harass them just for being black. It must have been something else. And we see people being racially profiled. And we see that black children in schools are disciplined at several times the rate of their non-black classmates. And we say, well, that must just be a mistake. That's something we can fix pretty easily because we're Bloomington. We're progressive. We're exceptional. We're not like the rest of Indiana. We're not like Kentucky, right? We like to talk about Kentucky, right? We're not like all these other places. And we can always point at, at least we haven't had the sorts of things that happened in the rest of the country happen here. You see stories about, what is it now? Half a dozen at least black men who've been found lynched around the country, hanging from trees. And we, and we can all think that's horrible, but at least it could never happen here. It could never happen here. Yes, some bad things happen, but nothing like that. And yet, on July 4th, that happened here. So as you're thinking about Bloomington, you're thinking, look at all the people who came out. Look at all the nice white folks who are here supporting this. I want you to realize that it's also nice white folks that let white supremacists into our community. It's all it's nice white folks who let our schools remain segregated. It's nice white folks who let the police arrest black folks for the same crimes at several times the rate of non-black folks. It's nice white folks who let all of that happen. You need, you need to disabuse yourselves of this notion that Bloomington is exceptional. Bloomington is no different. Whatever you see happening elsewhere, and you say, at least that's not here, it is here. You just have the privilege of ignoring it. That's what Bloomington exceptionalism is. It's a framework that allows you to ignore what is happening in front of you and think that Bloomington somehow is different. That is what we need to focus on. That is what we need to change. We, each and every one of you who has taken, who's decided it is important enough to risk your lives to come out here today, you have to also decide that it's important enough to try to save the lives of black folks in this community. Yeah. You're halfway there. You've taken the first step. Now let's keep going. Now let's keep going.
The first step, that's right, it's a first step. I often talk about becoming an anti-racist is not a destination. It is not a place that you get to. It is a journey that you may never achieve until the day you die. And even then, maybe not. It is a series of investigating the white supremacy in yourself, black, white, brown, whatever, and your community, and your country, and this world. You have to look within and investigate the white supremacy that is ingrained inside of you in order to become an anti-racist, in order to get to be a part of a journey. Exceptionalism has been on full display for a very long time in this town, and I feel like Cassandra doomed to tell you all what the future is going to be, and nobody believes me, nobody believes my black sisters, brothers, and siblings every time we say, don't buy a bear cat. We don't need a militarized vehicle in this town. police force and he was not believed and we were not believed and now where are we at we have how many police jurisdictions in this town Eight. that's what the definition of over policing my friends that is the absolute definition of over policing and what do they do what do they do? What have they done in any of our recent situations? Not a damn thing. Not a damn thing. And even last night, how many cops are in amongst us now, by the way? Hi, feds. Hi, cops. How you doing? We can tell by the way you dress, by the way. <laughs> yeah, raise your hands if you would. Oh, no, you're not going to? Okay. Um, we can tell by the way you're dressed that you're amongst us, just so you know. It's the shoes that always gives you away. Um, so, <laughs> um, let, let, let it be known that they did nothing until it was too late. And, and that's what happens. They do nothing until it's too late. They are reactionary and, and not proactive. It is a flawed system. So 
What BLM has done in the past couple of weeks, we have talked to city council members, county council members, and we have sent them a proposal regarding anti-racism policy training to inform them first and foremost to get them on that road to being anti-racist, to get them on that journey. Because it is very, very clear to us that many of them have not even taken the first step because where the f are they? I see, one, I see one city official and they happen to be black. <laughs> Maybe one more. You get that much credit. Um, so we're, we want to put them on the road of anti-racism and then let them investigate how to take that anti-racism training and put it into policy. Policies like not having one more police officer added to the force. Policies like, <coughs> policies like demilitarizing our local police, selling the Bearcat, and taking that money and investing in our community and in the black community in particular. With this, with how many how many police institutions do we have in this town again? We could definitely do without some of those and the money that goes into them, where could it go? Back into the community. The black community. And ensuring that we are not just out here surviving because let me tell you, it is difficult just surviving. I have not been a victim of police violence yet, today. But I'll tell you what, I experience the death of little cuts, of a thousand cuts, every day in this community. Every black person I know has to deal with those so-called microaggressions, which are macroaggressions which all are just aggression aggressions. Which is, which is when you are maybe a manager and you are doing your job, excuse me, when you're doing your job managing your employees, but your boss above you says you're being too aggressive with them. When, when you are told just because you speak with force about your own life that you are angry and aggressive, we are constantly bombarded with these microaggressions that are the death of a, by a thousand cuts that end up being how many of us have anxiety disorders? How many of us have high blood pressure? How many of us are probably going to die of heart attacks? The black community is riddled with health problems that is not necessarily endemic to who we are, but rather the conditions in which we live in. So what we are asking you, what Black Lives Matter is asking you to write your city council members, to write the mayor, 
to write the county council and the county commissioners who have total authority in the county, by the way. Many people don't know this, but county commissioners have both rule of law and the financial ability to control everything that happens in the county. We're asking you to write them and put pressure on them to engage in our policy training so that we can be responsible for schooling them on how to become anti-racist. So that we have the ability to fight for ourselves instead of them outsourcing it to somebody from New York City who doesn't know the conditions of our area. Instead of relying upon them to go read a book that they may not understand. We want them to come to us, to black people, to help interpret how to become an anti-racist. We have our own anti-racist reading resource on our website. I ask you to take a look at that. But this particular training is about creating policies and about changing the condition of life in Bloomington and Monroe County for black and brown people. And the media is here today and I ask you also to hold city county, the mayor, the county councilors, the county commissioners accountable and say, are you going to take this training? We are out of time. W <laughs> Blooming Out is a production of WFHB Community Radio and produced by Melanie Davis and Kate Young. Lucas Fisher is our engineer. Um, Lucas, do you want to sign yourself out? Uh, the, uh, yeah. Okay, I thought of something. Friday at five. At fri tomorrow, Friday at six p.m. Meet at the courthouse if you want to join the protest. There's a protest okay. at six. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I'll add that. Absolutely. Yep. That's your community minutes. I'm Melanie Davis, and remember, if everything were straight, roller coasters would be one long boring ride. Be well, stay safe, speak truth, manifest equity, demand justice, and good night from your Blooming Out family.